everybody. Get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.com. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education Affiliate Chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.com. Hi, this is Suzanne Gallagher, and it's part two of our series linked to protest and riots in K-12 public schools, Critical Race Theory. Critical Race Theory, CRT, is a theory, period. Just like transgender ideology, it is taught in K-12 schools as fact because it fits into the progressive left's political playbook. While we at Parents' Rights in Education continue to address CSE and related issues, our attention has been turned to the mindset creating havoc and literal chaos in our communities. Recently, a friend sent a video to me featuring a protest march through neighborhoods by local middle and high school students in Tigard, Oregon. The students were chanting, no justice, no peace. That verbiage came out of CRT. Racial justice in the CRT theory means getting justice for the group, which it says is a social construction not for the real person who is just a member of that group. This episode just scratches the surface. I reference an analysis by James Lindsay, an American-born author, mathematician, and political commentator. Lindsay has written six books spanning a range of subjects, including religion, the philosophy of science, and postmodern theory. He is the co-founder of New Discourses. You will find a link to his article, Eight Big Reasons Critical Race Theory is Terrible for Dealing with Racism in the Notes. As unlikely as it seems, a highly obscure academic theory known as CRT has completely mainstreamed in society, and now everyone is discussing it. Critical race theory has been growing for over 40 years, and it has many deep problems. He documents just eight of the biggest problems with the CRT approach. Item 1. Critical race theory believes racism is present in every aspect of life, every relationship, and every interaction. Foundational critical race theory scholars Richard Delgado and Jean Stefancic write, first, that racism is ordinary, not aberrational, normal science, the usual way society does business the common everyday experience of most people of color in this country. In schools, it will mean teaching our children to think this way and always be looking for racism in every situation and interaction in our personal relationships. 
It means that friends and even family members, especially our kids who have already been educated with CRT ideas that have been incorporated in our schools, will eventually call each other out and reject one another because tolerating racism is also considered a form of racism that would have to be discovered and stopped. He goes on, item two, interest convergence. White people only give black people opportunities and freedoms when it is also in their own interests. It's hard to see how paranoid and cynical this, is, this idea is, but it's also horrible when you pause to consider some of its implications. Take the demand that also comes from CRT that everyone should be an anti-racist. This sounds good on the surface, but it's horrible underneath. If someone with racial privilege, quote, quote, including white, Asian, Hispanic, Arab, Indian, and lighter-skinned black people, decides to become an anti-racist in accordance with his request, the interest convergence thesis would say they only did so to make themselves look good, protect themselves from criticism, or to avoid confronting their own racism. You just can't win, can't you? This isn't a fringe idea or possible gap in the concept either. The academic literature on whiteness studies is filled with this notion, including book-length treatments by academic scholars, for example, one titled Good White People that was published in 2018 by the State University of New York Press. The interest convergence thesis makes it literally impossible for anyone with any racial privilege, again, as outlined by CRT, to do anything right, because anything they do right must also have been self-interested. If CRT makes a demand of people with any form of racial privilege, and they comply... They just make themselves more complicit in racism as CRT sees it. By giving people no way out, CRT becomes deeply manipulative and unable to be satisfied in its lists of demands. We are seeing that played out right in front of our very eyes. No matter what our president says, he is being accused of being a racist. Now, I think after we go through these points, you will see where that is coming from. Lindsay goes on. Item number three. Critical race theory, CRT, is against free societies. Believe it or not, CRT is not a liberal idea. It is, in fact, critical of liberal societies and against the idea of freedom to its core, CRT sees a free society as a way to structure and maintain inequities by convincing racial minorities not to want to do radical identity politics. Since CRT exists specifically to agitate for and enable radical racial identity politics, it is therefore against free societies and how they are organized. In this way, it is very different than the civil rights movement it incorrectly claims to continue. In other words, critical race theory sees free societies and the ideals that make them work, individualism, freedom, peace, as a kind of tacit 
conspiracy theory that we all participate in to keep racial minorities down. When its advocates accuse people of being complicit in systems of racism, this is part of what they mean. Obviously, they would prefer that we do not have free societies and would rather arrange society as they see fit and make us all go along with their ideas. Item number four, critical race theory only treats race as socially constructed groups, so there are no individuals in CRT. CRT isn't just against free societies and the individualism that enables them, but it also doesn't even believe individuals meaningfully exist at all. In CRT, every person has to be understood in terms of the social groups they are said to inhabit, and these are determined by their identity, including race. Under CRT, Races are categories that society invents and that we impose entirely through social assumptions, mostly stereotypes. And people are members of those racial categories, whether they want to be or not. Moreover, they argue that society is socially stratified, which means that different social groups, like these racial groups, have differentiated access to the opportunities and resources of society. While this bears some truth on average, it ignores individual variations that are obvious when considering examples of powerful, rich, and famous black people like Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, and Kanye West. CRT forces people into these averages, though, and considers them primarily in terms of their group identity rather than their individual identity. And this is part of why they use the word folks instead of people. It designates a social group. In CRT, the goal of ideally treating every person as an individual who is equal before the law and meant to be judged upon the contents of their character and merits of their work is considered a myth that keeps racial minorities down. Instead, CRT sees people according to their racial groups only. This is why it is so common that progressive racial programs end up hurting the very people they're written to help most. Racial justice in CRT means getting justice for the group, which it says is a social construction, not for the real person who is just a member of that group. There is a fundamental difference between the general notion of justice and the notion of social justice. Item five, CRT believes science, reason, and evidence are a white way of knowing and that storytelling and lived experience is a black alternative. Critical race theory is not particularly friendly to science, residing somewhere between generally disinterested in science and openly hostile to it, often depending upon the circumstances. This is because CRT, using that, quote, social construction, unquote, thesis, believes that the power and politics of cultural groups make their way intrinsically into everything that culture produces. Thus, science is just politics by another means to, criti to critical race theory. One of the key contributions of critical theorists concerns the production of knowledge. Given that the transmission of knowledge is an integral activity in schools, critical scholars in the field of education have been especially concerned with how knowledge is produced. These scholars argue 
that a key element of social injustice involves the claim that particular knowledge is objective, neutral, and universal. An approach based on critical theory calls into question the idea that objectivity is desirable or even possible. CRT falsely asserts that white people's interests are primarily served by science. This isn't all just wrong and genuinely racist. It's dangerous. While stories can be informative to create a position that science is a way of knowing for white Western people, especially men, and storytelling is one more suited to racial minorities, critical race theory is itself racist against racial minorities and cripples the people it claims to help. This happens in multiple ways, including by undermining their capacity for critical thinking teaching them to see the world in an us-versus-them way that oppresses them and associating them with harmful, negative stereotypes that rigorous methods are what white people and not black people use. Moving along to item six on Lindsay's list, CRT rejects all potential alternatives like colorblindness as forms of racism. CRT is completely against the common sense ideas that race becomes less socially relevant and racism is therefore diminished by not focusing on race all the time. Where liberalism spent centuries removing social significance from racial categories once it had been introduced in the 16th century, CRT inserts it again, front and center. In fact, as you might guess now, it sees the idea of colorblindness as one of the most racist things possible because it hides the real racism from view. While there is a point here that being too colorblind can cause someone not to see racism at all, even when it is a real problem, and especially when its influence is subtle, the remedy CRT gives to this imperfection in the colorblind approach is to do exactly the opposite. Thus, racism has to be made relevant in every situation where racism is present, which is, according to them, every situation. And it has attached incredible amounts of social significance to race and how it factors into every interaction. That means you have to find and focus upon the hidden racism in your workplace, your school, your society, your neighborhood, your books, your food, your music, your hobbies, your faith, your church, your community, your friends, your relationships, oh, and yourself, and everything else too, all the time, according to CRT. This has the opposite of the intended effect, although it does cause people to see some legitimate racism that they would otherwise have missed, it makes all of our relationships and social systems extremely fragile, intense, ready to explode over a highly divisive issue. It also diverts resources from doing real work or building real relationships because looking for and thinking about racism all the time takes effort. CRT says minority races already have to think about racism all the time, and only white people have the privilege not to. But this is, again, 
more sloppy analysis that ignores the reports and experiences of every racial minority who disagrees. Item number seven, critical race theory acts like anyone who disagrees with it must do so for racist and white supremacist reasons, even if these people are black. Following the social construction thesis in point number four, CRT has outlined what the essential experience of each racial group is. According to them, it then judges individual people, especially of minority races, on how well they give testimonial to that experience, which is to say they judge individual people based on how well they support CRT. This makes it impossible to disagree with CRT, even if you are black. For example, the black musician Daryl Davis, who is most famous for talking hundreds of real white supremacists out of their Ku Klux Klan hoods, once tried to invite a conversation of this sort in 2019, and members of the nominally anti-fascist group Antifa called him a white supremacist for being willing to associate with, rather than fight or kill, the people he invited to have a conversation with. Hmm. CRT is only interested in the identity politics associated with being politically black. And anyone who disagrees with CRT, even if racially black, does not qualify. The common way to phrase this is that they are, quote, not really black, unquote. This means that in CRT, diversity, which it calls for often, must be only skin deep. Everyone's politics must agree and must agree with CRT. This is obviously much worse a problem for white people or others who are said to have, quote, racial privilege, unquote. There are more concepts in CRT to deal with specifically with how and why white people are racist for disagreeing with CRT than perhaps any other idea. Charles Mills claims that all whites take part in a racial contract to support white supremacy that is never discussed but just part of the social fabric. And Allison Bailey claims that when racially privileged people disagree with CRT, they are engaging in a, quote, defensive move, unquote, called, quote, privilege-preserving epistemic pushback, unquote, which means that they are just arguing to keep their privilege and could not possibly have legitimate disagreements. All of these ideas implicate racially privileged people in racism anytime they disagree with CRT. And last but not least, item eight, CRT cannot be satisfied. We have already seen how CRT cannot be disagreed with, even by black people. We have also seen how it rejects all alternatives and how it believes any success that it has come down to, quote, interest convergence, unquote. Because it rejects science, it cannot be satisfied, it cannot be falsified, or proven wrong by evidence. And because it assumes racism is present and relevant, to all situations and interactions, even the acceptance of CRT must somehow also contain racism. Therefore, CRT cannot be satisfied. It is in this way like a black hole. I'm so glad he thinks that way because I was beginning to think I'd fallen down a black hole. No matter how much you give to it, it cannot be filled and only gets stronger, and it will tear apart anything that gets too close to it. This means that if your workplace takes up CRT, 
Eventually, activists will start to make demands and will threaten to make trouble if they do not get their way. And of course, this can happen in the public schools as well. If you give in to them, you will not satisfy them. However, because CRT cannot be satisfied, it is guaranteed before you do anything at all that you will do it wrong because of your racism. You did it out of, quote, interest convergence, unquote, to make yourself look good because of your racism. You did it in a way that just created new problems that amount to racism. And you didn't do it sooner, faster, or better because of your racism. No matter what you do, the resulting situation must contain racism. And the CRT theory activist's job is to find it and hold you to account. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm worn out. Lindsay, a brilliant man, has analyzed this very accurately. I'm just going to read you his synopsis. Here we go. This is a grim but fair description of CRT. And what's worse, it's woefully incomplete. There are other horrible ideas at the very core of CRT that fall in this same mold, and we do not have time to list here. These include the idea that racism barely gets better, if at all, that equality is a source of racism, that people who benefit from racism have no incentives to be against racism, that racism is a zero-sum conflict that was arranged by white people so that no one else can have a real chance in society, that the races cannot truly understand one another while demanding that they must and that racism is the whole cause of the inevitable failure, that racially privileged people are inherently oppressors and everyone else is inherently oppressed, that is derived from Marxism applied to racial groups, and that the only way to end racism is through a social revolution that unmakes the current society entirely and replaces it with something engineered by CRT. It is easy to see what kind of problems these doctrines will create in practice, and it's horrible how CRT consistently preys upon the best parts of our natures to achieve its goals, which, if it were correct, and it's not, mostly leaves only the worst candidates to oppose it, real white supremacists, which it then uses as evidence of its bogus claim. Therefore, there are many good reasons that have nothing to do with real racism to reject most of what critical race theory teaches. Good people have every reason to reject CRT for better alternatives. And the main reason they don't is because they don't know what it is and see what it offers. Kind of sounds right and sort of seems good. Lindsay sums up by saying, we can see that critical race theory is truly a horrible way to deal with race issues and racism. And that would be true even if every problem it points out were 100% true. It simply is not a good way to go about these problems. And as its advocates might say in realizing such a situation, we have an obligation to educate ourselves about the problems and weaknesses of critical race theory and to do better than they can hope to do. Thank you to James Lindsay for this very excellent analysis. And I promise you, this is just the first of many episodes addressing this issue. It should be of deep concern to all parents 
that their children are being told they are racist. Until next time, I'm Suzanne Gallagher. Please forward this to your friends. Do you know any parents who don't have any time to read lengthy emails? That's what the podcast is for. You have complete control over your access to this information. And you can share it. Share, share, share. Please send it to your friends and invite them to subscribe to Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe School Summit. Featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Bernadette Royals Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. The date is Saturday, October 3rd, Shiloh Inn, Portland, Oregon Airport. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.